but a wholehearted praise. I think sometimes you all understand as we go through situations and circumstances that it's not so much that we doubt the word of God, but sometimes we feel as though maybe certain things aren't applicable for us because of what we're dealing with. Certain things are not applicable to us because of what we're going through. Certainly, we must have discounted or disqualified ourselves out of certain things simply because of what we're going through. I can't see where God will say that uh, he will do amazing things. And I'm not seeing anything amazing in my life. Certainly, I must have done something wrong. Certainly, there must be a reason why I don't feel as though there are things in my life that are praiseworthy. But can I just be real with you for a moment? Can I just be honest with you? There are some times in my life, even though I stand behind this sacred desk, I sit with these sacred garments on, and I am deemed to be a preacher of the gospel of Christ, that sometimes I have a difficult time finding stuff that's praiseworthy. Can I just be honest with you? Can I just be real with you? Just because I preach this gospel does not mean that every time I get up and every time I look on a situation, I can find a reason to say thank you, Jesus. There are times for real, on the, on the real tip, there are some times that I do wake up in the morning saying, do I really want to move today? Not because I'm tired, not because I'm sick, but simply because I just don't feel facing the day. And it doesn't have to be anything going on in that day that I feel is going to be a bad thing. I just don't feel like facing daylight. I ain't going to get me no takers up in here. I ain't going to get nobody that's going to be real with me in here. I just, I, I just need some real folks that will just be with me for a moment to understand that there's some times that in this life I have a difficult time finding a reason to thank God. But I don't thank you because I find something that's, uh, 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 I find thanks worthy. I thank him because the word tells me to thank you. I thank him because we just talked about it in discipleship boot camp. Partial obedience is still disobedience. It has nothing to do with my feelings. It has to do with the fact that even on a bad day, or if Deacon uh, 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 Whiting was here, I'd be able to say, he's a good God on a hell of a day. Maybe y'all ain't never had one in there. Oh, Lord, I'm supposed to say that I'm on live stream. Is that what the problem is? Because y'all act like y'all didn't even want to say amen right there. Y'all know y'all done had a hell of a day. Y'all know when hell breaks loose in your life, that's considered a hell of a day. And y'all act like y'all ain't never said, I done had one hell of a day. God is still a good God on a hell. Oh, God, he can't hear. Maybe y'all ain't never had hell break loose in your life. Maybe yesterday. Talk to me, sir. Listen, maybe, maybe, maybe y'all, since you've been walking on the Lord's side, maybe it's always been howdy, howdy, and never goodbye. But I don't have, listen, I don't have some situations. I've had some circumstances. I've had, ooh, I've had some fights within my own mind, not with somebody else that has taken me through some hell. And I've had to find a reason to give God praise. And what's my reason? Because the Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times. That's my reason. So here it is. We understand that David, David, David had to understand, even
even through all the stuff that he went through, that he had to give God praise. No matter what, David who chased after God's own heart, he understood he had to give God praise. Even the Bible declares that after he laid down with Bathsheba, and then the prophet Nathan came and told him a story about uh, a man who had sent another man's, uh, another woman's husband to the front line to get him killed and all that. David said, he ought to lose his life. He said, dude, that's you. I love that scripture. He said, you're the man. You. After that, and he said, now you won't lose your life, but your son will surely lose his. And he went and he put on sackcloth and he put on ashes and he wouldn't eat and he did all that. And then when his son died, David didn't do like we do. Take me, Jesus. Y'all know how we do. We want somebody to carry us up to the to the yeah, carry us up to the coffin. Hold up. Ah, get up. Get up, Ray Ray, get up. If Ray Ray get up in that service, y'all better quit asking for Ray Ray to get up out that casket now. Listen. Listen, y'all better quit asking for folks to get up out caskets now, y'all. Because every spirit that come up in a, 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 a funeral is not the same spirit. Y'all fool around and conjure up a spirit to get that body up. Listen, you ain't got to worry about me preaching or anything else that up. If you ain't saved already, I ain't got to open up the doors of the church. That ought to get you saved. But y'all know how we do. It, oh God, I can't go on. Oh, he gonna go on. Listen, David lost his son. They, the Bible says that David got up, washed his face, put on some good clothes, ate him some food, and went to worship. Why? Not because he didn't care about his son. But that thing that he had been petitioning the Lord for, God had made a decision. So after the decision was made, it wasn't no need of him sitting there still trying to get his son to be alive. God had made the decision. What's left but to go and worship? Well, we want to sit and we want to ponder it and we want we wanted to take root and fester and, and all of that about the shoulda, coulda, woulda's. Y'all realize shoulda, coulda, woulda's will take us out. I, I should have did this if, if we could have done this. Maybe if I would have, should have, could have, would have, will take you out. All you got to do is do like Job said. <laughs> uh, God, I, you know, I, I was born, I died. Listen, bless be the name of the Lord. Whatever it is, I will deal with it. Paul said, in whatever state I'm in, that I learned how to be content. He said, he made a decision. But we've got to get to a place where we make a decision. In, Palm, in Psalms 138, uh, David makes a great statement about his praise. He starts in verse 1 by saying, I will praise thee with my whole heart. And, and the New American Standard Version says, I will give you thanks with all my heart. Not half the heart, but all the heart. But you, you got to understand this. This wasn't just said in this psalm. It was also said in Psalms uh, 9 and 1. It says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. And in Psalms 111, it says, praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. 
David learned that half-hearted service only gave half-hearted praise. Mm, Y'all don't want to talk to me about that. He realized that when he only gave half of himself in service to God, he only gave half of himself in praise. I want you to think about your life. When you're giving God your all in service, don't you feel like you're giving your God, God, giving God your all in praise? But when you decide I'm too tired and I'm only going to do so much, you'll so much carry over to your praise. You only give God so much praise. You only give God so much worship. You only give God so much thanks. Why? Because you only giving him so much of you. You ain't talking to me up in here. When we get to a place where we feel like we got to hold back, because we only got so much to give, we actually hold back our praise as well. When we realize, we realize that as much as our praise is, it seems so insincere when we say, I'm only giving a little bit, but I'm giving all of that little bit that I got. Y'all didn't catch that. I, I'm only giving God all, only a little bit, but all that that little bit is, I'm giving it all to him. What is that? What, what is that? Yeah. I, today, I, I, I'm going to go to the church for an hour. That's about all I got in me. Woo, but I'm going to cut up in that. I, what is that? What is that? You have already decided that you only out of your 24 hours going to give God one of them. And for some of us, in that hundred, you do know it's 168 hours in the entire week. Let's look at that, shall we? It's 168 hours in a week. If here we have an hour and a half to worship, we are average about an hour and a half. That means there's still another 166.5 hours in your week. How much of that are you giving to God wholeheartedly? Mercy. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And I know people will sit there and say, well, I mean, I do work, and, and I got to sleep. Okay. How much of your service are you giving to God while you're working? Because you do know that working, you can worship while you're working. Because the Bible says you're supposed to work as unto the Lord and not unto man. So how much of your working time are you really worshiping? And truth be told, y'all know y'all ain't getting a full eight hours every night asleep. You know you're not. And it used to be a song that said, um, freaks come out at night. So some of us need to go to bed early. Yeah, I said it. Some of us need to go to bed early. Because don't no good come out of us the later we stay up. Come on, y'all ain't okay. Y'all ain't going to talk to me today. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. The later we stay up, some of us, we ain't got no goodness coming out of us. So we best be better to go ahead and go to sleep. But just like we are, you know how older, when we get older, we start uh, uh, kind of maturing in certain things. Like if we get older, we realize we do need our sleep. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. I promise you, I was trying to read something last night and I was like, or has anybody ever been like me? You say, okay, let me look at these last few things for these last few minutes before I go to sleep. And next thing you know, you hear this. Because you done dropped stuff out your hand. 
Wait, and then try and pick it up and read it again right quick before you go. Y'all ain't talking to me. Go to sleep. <laughs> Children, go to sleep. You can't stay. Go to sleep. Like you get mad at yourself. I don't, this ain't even in my service. Go to sleep, saints. You got to get up earlier now than you ever have. Witness. You work harder now than you ever have. And you older now than you've ever been. Go to sleep. Yes. I'm preaching to myself right now, guys. <laughs> Go to sleep. Lord Jesus. The older we get, the more mature we are to get in some stuff. We realize what we can't do and what we can't do. But we are seriously going to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> I'm sitting like, what is he playing? <laughs> I didn't want to get rude and be like, why is he playing in the middle of me preaching? Then I'm like, oh, he playing a lot of Only in his house, I declare. <laughs> and he played it so well. Put yourself in my hand. <laughs> He plays so lovely, don't you think? <laughs> Lord, help us today. Don't play that no more. <laughs> Please. Because I'm like, what is he doing? I'm going to sleep and then. Da, 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 da. Is he playing a lullaby? <laughs> so that, listen, that, that going to preach right there. Right, right. But the older we get and we realize what it is that we need and we mature into our lives and we, we do things in a certain way. That's the same thing that David did. The more mature he got, the more older he got, the more pronounced his praise became. The more pronounced. He said in Psalm 71 and 14, he said, but I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. There was an old hymn that says, and oh for grace to trust him more. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. When we start, come on now, even as I think about hymns, when you were younger and you heard the old folks singing a hymn, you were like, can they just get to the gospel? Can they get to something we can clap our hands? See, blessed assurance didn't have the same effect on me then that it does now. When I think of blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation. I purchased of God. This is my story. This is my song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found with blind. But now I see. When we start thinking about precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on and, and let me stand. Listen, I can even sit here and go in on, I heard the Lord, he heard my cry. And pitied every grow. Long as I live, while trouble rise, I hasten to a strong charge to keep my hand. A God to glorify. Woo! Because the older you get, and you've been through some things, it's something about the old souls that'll well up a praise in you that couldn't even put a tear when you were younger. But see, you understand that David, the older he got, the more mature he got in God. He said, in spite of all the issues that I'm going through, in spite of Saul wanting to kill me, in spite of his daughter not understanding me, in spite of me losing the Ark of the Covenant, 
praise for him. And see what ends up happening is hindsight really is 2020. You might not have praised him for it back then, but when you think about it now, you'll show give God praise for it now. When you start thinking about all the relationships that you had, and you think about the folks and how they done turned out now, and you don't give God praise for dodging that bullet, y'all ain't talking to me up in here. When you realize, when you were sitting out there going and doing all the stuff you wanted to do, oh God, help me in here. With anybody who you wanted to do it with, doing what you thought you was big enough and bad enough to do, smoking what you thought you could smoke, drinking what you thought you could drink, and yet you still here to tell the story now. You look back and you will be able to give God praise. David, David, David in this psalm was looking at the precious promises of God. And he was saying that he knew, even if God hadn't done it, but he knew when he asked God for it, he would do the very thing that he asked. I wonder if anybody in here has a blessed assurance that in spite of what it is that you're asking God for, that he will do the very thing that he asked. You might not have seen it right now, but you know that he's able to do the very thing that you asked. He, he might not have delivered yet, but he's able to do the very thing that you asked. He might not have done it exactly the way you asked him to do it, but he still came through for you anyway. I wonder if anybody's got a blessed assurance that God is more than able. Thank you, Jesus. He's more than able. He's more than able. He's not just more than able in your life, but he's more than able in my life. Somebody ought to get excited right there that even if he hasn't done, he's more than able to do. Matter of fact, he's more than able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask and think. Meaning that your mind is not even big enough to conceive what it is that God can do. But he'll go above and beyond for you simply because he loves you that much. Simply because he cares for you that much. Simply because he will do that just to show his glory. Keeps dropping on. That's the one that the spirit of anxiety keeps dropping on. 
That's the one that can't see a light at the end of the tunnel. You got to give God your whole heart. Because when you give God your whole heart, then he knows what to do with your heart. Some folks don't even know how to handle your heart, including you. After that happened back in 2005, I don't, I, don't give nobody, I don't let nobody in like that. Y'all know that's the line. Yes, that's it. I don't let nobody in like that. See, here's the proof. God, I hear you. If you had let God in before 2005, well, you would have let the wrong folks back well, in in 2005. If you had let God in when you said, Jesus, come into my heart. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me up in here. We asked Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. Then when we let him in our heart, we won't let him in every corner of our heart. You remember when you used to go in the big mama's house and you go in every room except the big room? You know the room that had all the white furniture and she had plastic on there. Because you weren't supposed to go up in that room because that was the fancy sitting room. That was where wrong folks were supposed to go. You weren't supposed to go in there with your grimy little fingers and your little dirty toes. You weren't supposed to go in there. And that's how we do our heart. We won't let God in every place in our heart. We got that special room we won't let God in. And truly, it's not because it's so clean, it's because it's so dirty. Y'all don't want to talk to me up in here. We don't want Jesus to go in that room. We don't want him to see what we used to do. We don't want him to see what we used to think about. Can I help you out with something? He already knows. We trying to keep God out of something he already know about. Does that make sense? No. When you say it out loud, it don't really make sense, does it? And the mother, he knew it before we did it, but yet still he let us be here anyway. That in and of itself ought to be enough to give God praise. Amen. But we have to give God our entire heart, our whole heart. David learned how to praise with his whole heart. That's where real praise comes from. He was convinced in his mind that God's words were true and they weren't mixed with any sort of untruths. He was determined in his will that the Lord would perform exactly what he promised. He was determined that his emotions weren't going to get in the way. Right. Yeah, he wasn't going to let his feelings. That's what Jackson said. I don't mean my feelings. Can I help you out? The word says in Jeremiah 17 and 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And you want to sit there and trust your heart? They say follow your heart, but I'd rather say follow your thirst because the Bible said you got a hunger and thirst after righteousness. So follow your thirst. <laughs> oh, God, help me in here. Proverbs 28 and 26 says, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. So what part of your heart doesn't believe in God? If you're not giving God wholehearted praise right now, which part of your heart doesn't believe in God? Let me keep going. Not only did David realize that real praise comes from the heart, but the second thing is that David believed God's word. That's what verse 2 says. He says, I'll, verse 2 says, I will bow down uh, towards your holy temple and give praise to your name for your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word according to all your name. The word magnified simply means to be fulfilled beyond all expectations. 
So that means that if he magnifies his word, that means that he going beyond your expectation of what you believe the word can do. He's going beyond your expectation of what your mind can conceive the word can do for you. He's going beyond what it is that you can think or ask him to do. So when you understand that that word magnified means to blow it up out of proportion. God is blowing some stuff out of proportion in your life. Come to 
So why is who God help me in here? Why is it we feel like our life is about to leave us and that's when we want to get fire insurance with the Lord? You don't wait till you get a fire. You have fire insurance just in case of. So here it is. Here it is that David believed God's word. He believed the promises of God's word. You all, we have to understand that God is the one that gives the best answers and his answers will never be adverse to his word. His word, his promises, his answers will never be adverse to his word. So if all the promises of God, the scripture says, are yea and amen to the glory of God the Father, then my question is this. Why would you go in and act like you want to serve somebody who will say they will do something for you and then turn around and leave you by yourself? Because you know that's what the devil does. The devil will sit there and make it seem like he's giving you the best offer there is. You go and follow him. You follow up in some stuff. You turn around and you stand in there by yourself. But the Bible says that God said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Even in walking in the valley. That's why they call him the lily of the valley. To show you that you can still bloom while you're going through your tribulation. But still and all, we will sit there and act like God's word is assured. David realized that he could believe in the word of the Lord. Let me keep going unless I keep you too long. The Bible also says that not only did he believe in God's word, but David understood that believing God's word gave him encouragement. Believing God's word gave him encouragement. Verse 3 says this in Psalm 138. It says, on the day I called, you answered me. You made me bold with strength in my soul. You all, we get to a place where we get lost in our feelings. And we come to the place where we start believing what it is we tell ourselves and not what God told us. We will sit there and we will speak into our head and we will, I told you, it's, it's that same analogy that I use. You feel like you're sick, but it's not until you speak it out in the atmosphere that all of a sudden, I think I'm sick. <laughs> you will walk in fine. And don't fool around and let somebody tell you, you don't look like you feel good. You all right? All of a sudden, you got body aches and I don't know, feel my head. I think I got a fever. You ain't had no fever before they say nothing to you. <laughs> but you all, we let the wrong folks get in our ear and come in ourselves. Yeah. We'll sit there and say we broke. We'll sit there and say we lonely. We'll sit there and say I'm depressed. We will speak things into our psyche until we start believing it. And then we allow other folks to speak things to us. And then we know oh, it's not so much that they speak it, but we receive it. You might want to just go ahead and not worry about going to college. Because if you, you know, I mean, let's just get you through math to, to high school and get you graduated. And you probably want to stop right there. You know, go on down to P-Tech and see it. Because you work good on cars, don't you? Why don't you go on down to P-Tech and see if you can't get you a certificate working on cars? Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Ain't no shame on working with, on a car. Your daddy worked on the car. Your granddaddy worked on the car. All your uncles work on the car. Matter of fact, your brother is about to work on the car. Why don't you go and work on cars? But in your heart of hearts, you always want to be a doctor. You do realize that your inability to be able to accomplish math to the level in which you want to does not preclude you from being a doctor. Let me say that in regular English for folks that feel like they need to bring out a, a, a dictionary at home. 
In other words, just because you can't do the math don't mean you can't get a tutor and still be a doctor. Because at a certain point, you are not going to have to do fractions as a doctor. Everything is already measured out for you. All you got to do is just go ahead and get past the math in the classes that you got so you can get to where it is you go soar. But it's amazing to, you, to me, you all, how we will allow folks to speak into our lives. Oh, you don't got pregnant. Well, I guess you're going to be like your mama and your grandmama and all, all your sisters. And you speak, and, 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 and even if I was, does that mean that I'm now going to be a statistic of the state and I'm going to expect the state to give me a check? Who's to say that when I have a child, I learn how to be the best caregiver there is and open up my own string of care, uh, daycare services? Right, right, right. But we allow folks to speak in ourselves. But David said he had to get his encouragement from the word of God. To be encouraged means to have your purpose restored. It means to have your purpose restored. And when your purpose is restored, there's strength to be received. You've got to believe what you're telling yourself and, 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 and you believe what you're telling yourself, whether it be good or whether it be bad. So you got to be careful what it is you say about yourself. You're so upset about other folks saying stuff to you. you got to be mindful of what you're saying about yourself. And if you don't know what to say about yourself, say what the word says. I'm the head and not the tail. Yeah. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed whether I feel like I'm blessed or not. Yeah. Because the Bible said I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in my going out and I'm blessed in my coming in. I'm a blessed person whether it look like I'm blessed. Yeah. I'm going to act like I'm blessed. Yeah. I'm going to walk like I'm blessed. Yeah. I'm going to talk like I'm blessed. You'll never know I'm not blessed Amen. by the way I act. Because once you start saying you're blessed, you will understand that you are blessed. Even if you're just blessed with the very air that you're breathing right now, you still more blessed than the folks that are in the cemetery right Amen. now. You're blessed. Yeah. David learned how to encourage himself through God's word. The last thing I want to tell you that David learned, David learned how to keep going. Yeah, yeah. He learned how to keep going. That's what verses 6 through 8 says. It says that he learned how to keep going. Matter of fact, verse 8 says, the Lord will accomplish what concerns me. He's not going to stop. Verse 7 says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. David was not uh, 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 oblivious to what was going on around him. David went through some stuff. But even in the midst of that, David said, I might be tired. I might be weary, but while I'm going through my issues, you're going to give me life. While I'm going through my troubles, you're going to revive me. While I'm going through my problems, you're going to resuscitate me. I'm grateful today that David understood that even though calamity might come, he still needed to give God a wholehearted praise. So what am I trying to say? I'm saying that God deserves an all-in praise. He doesn't just deserve a half-hearted praise, but he deserves a praise with your whole heart. Maybe things aren't the way you want them to be, but God is still praiseworthy. Maybe you don't have all the money that you want to have, but God is still praiseworthy. Maybe your family is not acting the way you want them to act, but God is still praiseworthy. Maybe you don't have the job you want to have, but God is still praiseworthy. Maybe you don't have the degree you want to have, but God is still praiseworthy. Maybe you don't live where you want to live, but God is still praiseworthy. So when you going to give him a wholehearted praise? When you going to 
going to give him all your heart? When are you going to bring your head back? Open up your mouth and tell God, thank you. When are you going to give him everything that he's due for all the stuff that he's done in the past that you haven't thanked him for? When are you going to give God praise for being able to do what you need him to do in your future? When are you going to give God praise for the things that he's doing right now? Because he woke you up this morning. started you on your way. He woke you up this morning. He started you on your way. What else does he need to do? He woke you up this morning. He started you on your way. You ought to give God a all in praise. The Bible says we're not supposed to be like a people without hope. But if I want to come in and see the most sour face folks I want to, I come into church. Because they sit there and act like God ain't did nothing for them. They act like they deserve everything in the world and God ain't came through with nothing. But listen, just the simple fact that I know my heart is still beating because I can still see and I still have consciousness of consciousness. That's enough to give God praise. When I sit and I see my baby back there and I haven't had to stand over a casket, that's enough to give God praise. When I see that we still got leftover food for breakfast this morning and we didn't run out, that's enough to give God praise. If I walked out this door and saw all these cars outside, that's enough to give God praise. God deserves a wholehearted praise. So what part of your heart is not praising him? What part of your mind is not believing his word? What part of your emotions, your soul is not encouraged by his word? And what part of you wants to stop smack dab in the middle of your tracks, crumble to the floor, and say, I can't make it anymore? Everything you need, God's got it. Everything you need, God's got it. And the only reason why he hasn't delivered on this is because you haven't given it to him yet. He can't snatch it out your hand. He could, but he won't. He wants you to give it to him. There's one more hymn. Is your all on the altar? <laughs> A sacrifice. Is your all on the altar of praise? Your soul will be blessed and have sweet rest if you give him your body and soul. It's not just enough for us to say I give him my spirit I come in and I wave my hand I come in and, and sing along with him a little bit because that's all I got I found that the best rest that I have after worship is when I've lost my mind in praise that's that good sleep anybody ever had one of them good naps after church yeah where you done woke up and you don't forgot it's still Sunday. <laughs> and you like, oh Lord, I'm late for work. Oh, it's still Sunday. <laughs> when you've given God your all in worship, when you've given him your all in praise, God can blow your mind. He will magnify <laughs> his word in your life. Yes, he, will. he will exceed your expectations, not just once, not just twice over and over and over again when you allow his answers 
to be enough for you. When you allow his answers to be enough for you. Because it's not that God's not answering prayer. It's whether you're accepting it as being the answer to your prayer. God is still a prayer answering God. He's still a delivering God. He's still a healing God. But will you recognize it if you're not giving him your all in worship and praise? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed.